0: Welcome to Creative Conflab with your host, Tara Joy Andrews, where we have honest conversations about creativity, art, design, and craft. Ready to get started? Let's go. Thank you everybody for listening today. You're listening to Creative Conflab podcast and we're doing episode number seven with Cody Lee from Kansas City, Missouri. Hi, Cody. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored and so excited to be
0: here. Really, I do. Yes. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Uh, I like to start each episode with a positive note. So can you share something that has brought you joy recently? Um, Yes, I
1: can. So Um, we, my husband and I recently purchased some land, um, last September, we, we purchased 40 acres and literally this last week we went and decided to do this crazy thing. And we decided to go buy an RV, a fifth wheel that we could live in. (laughs) And so we're literally packing up our entire house and our entire life to go move into live full time in this RV. And I could not be more excited right now.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, The whole tiny house movement. Mm -hmm. I love it. Although being an artist, and I'm sure you can relate, I have like whole closets and cupboards full of art supplies.
1: Yeah. The most overwhelming area for me to go through has actually been my art studio because there's just stuff everywhere. And we're, we're planning on building on, the, on the land. Um, right. so we're planning on building a house. So it's like, I'm going through things that I'm like, okay, what can stay in a storage unit for the next year or two years? And what do I need to get rid of and have to buy? Cause I can't take my, all of my paints in there and have right. them sit in the heat and the cold. And then what can I take with me to actually use?
0: <laughs> so it's been yeah. like, uh, a lot. So I totally understand that. Yes. And uh, moving for me is one of the most stressful things. So kudos to you for the situation that we're in in the world that you're doing this big thing. You know, (laughs) it was really funny.
1: We, We actually decided to do it in February before everything kind of happened. And then it was like, well, I guess are we still doing this? And it was like, well, why not? We, uh, My husband and I, we don't have kids. It's just the two of us. We plan on having kids at some point, but we don't have them now. And it's kind of like, right. when
0: else are we going to do it? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. We actually met through a Facebook group for podcasters. What you, like, find Such a good guests? group. I know. I love that group so much. And we immediately... Uh, I actually, I can't speak for you, obviously, but I felt a connection immediately because we're both immediately positive, yes. joyful. Like I feel like we're almost like twins. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: So can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do?
1: Absolutely. So I am a body, mind, and soul coach and an artist. And it's really a combination of... So I spent the last several years of my life, I was a massage therapist for a while, and then I did integrative healing. Um, So uh, And then I got a bachelor's in fine arts. So what I've kind of done is like combined everything that I do into this very holistic healing practice, um, really helping women embody their truth so that they can begin to live with more joy. I think so often, especially as women, we are constantly there for everybody else, or we're that chronic caretaker, or we just don't feel like we are good enough in our own skin. And I watched not only myself kind of struggle with that through the years, but also my mom struggle with that, not really realize how loved she was or the legacy of love that she left in her life because she was struggling for so long with this old story of not being lovable that she really missed missed what was there for her to receive. So it really drove home this desire for me to combine the things that I love into helping women integrate that within themselves. And creativity and art is just a big part of it because I don't do art therapy, but I use art as a tool for us to just connect to the divine feminine, to connect to that creative power. Um, And maybe one day I will actually go to school and become an art therapist because I love it. But I say that just because there art therapists go to school for a very long time. I do coaching, which is slightly different, Um, but I love what I do and I love being able to integrate all
0: of it. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I do a little bit, a little bit. I love all of that and how creativity is like the thread that goes through everything. Right. Yeah. Um, And that even parts of our, our lives where we're not making art, that creativity comes into that part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you define creativity?
1: You know, I love this question. And it really is like, I think it's just the ability to think beyond your current condition. Um, And the way that I see that is like, I don't feel like creativity is something that is only for artists or only for creative souls, you know, someone that's a singer or a writer or whatever. I think creativity is something that is a necessity for all of us because it allows us to experiment. It allows us to have fun with the experimentation, to explore. Um, and when we really think beyond what we are currently sitting in, what we actually get is we get a broadening perspective of our life, of our life experiences, um, so So I think creativity is such a powerful way to explore, and it's like a permission granted kind of way to explore our feelings and our thoughts and our embodiment. And it gives you this like permission granted to just do those things when you come from this place of being creative, thinking outside of the box, those kinds of things. So yeah, I think it's just this ability to think beyond where you currently are.
0: Right. I love that. And what I struggle with is I have this idea in my mind. Yes. And all of this, you know, creative process trying to get to that idea. But when I make that disappear and just create, that's when the most joy, like I feel the most joy in the process. Because there's not this like goal that I'm going to. It's just enjoying the moment of being creative and yes. thinking of creative ideas. And I've started doing that in business, not just in art. And yes. it's just, um, it's so exciting that you're starting, especially now when we're all forced to come up with new ways of like, you know, if the pandemic never happened, we wouldn't be chatting right now, right? Right. Which is like, it still blows my mind, um, <laughs> but that you know, it's thinking outside the box, thinking creatively that yeah. that got us here. And I love how you mentioned that you
1: start with an idea and when you really let it go, that's when you receive the most. And I find that that's true. Like I have to remind myself of that constantly, even outside of creative projects is it's almost like the goal or the idea, or, you know, I call it, I call it awesome Island, whatever that dream is on the other side, right? It's the thing that initiates you. It's the thing that gets you going, but Oftentimes, it's never going to end up the final destination or it's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. So at some point, you are always... I feel like you're always invited to surrender it so that you can receive whatever is like even more beautiful or even more amazing than you ever could have imagined based on who you were. Like Who you were can't imagine what is possible.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you keep that idea of the awesome island and that you're not gonna get there then sometimes and I've done this myself you just give up yeah and then you lose out on all of this amazing possibility Amazing. yes yeah I
1: always say I'm working towards awesome island but I'm willing to surrender awesome island for something better amazing That reminds me to surrender because that reminds me that sometimes I'm going to come to that place where I have to let it go, but I have to have faith or at least hope that that island, that awesome island is going to be even more amazing. And it's actually the act of surrender that allows me to get to the more amazing. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was on your website and I saw a statement that was exactly how I used to feel. Yeah. Working at day jobs. And the statement is, you are working hard for everyone around you and sacrificing your health and happiness in the process. And this was me. like I got my my diploma in graphic design and then got a full-time job. But I kept feeling like there was so much more that I could be doing. And um, just that rigidity of you have to be productive nine to five. Right. Right. Um, So what are some common mental blocks you find people are hung up on uh, inside their own heads uh, about achievements and asking for more, like getting out of that, like I can do more than my nine to five and then we can get into some tips to combat those.
1: Yeah. So I really think um, some of the biggest things that people struggle with and myself included in this, as I I have definitely struggled with this, is that um, either I'm not good enough or I'm not doing enough, that not enough syndrome. I don't know how you want to call it, but it's definitely this pattern of not enough. And sometimes it also shows up in, oh, I'm so busy, I don't have enough time. And so it can also become kind of that, if it's I'm not good enough, then it's also a there's
0: not enough. There's not enough time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and it can keep us stuck because I have also, okay, so I worked, through, oh, you know, I'm not good enough. Okay. I am good enough, but now I don't have enough time. It's almost like that thread of not enough is just mutated into a slightly different version, but it's still the same thing. Um, and I think also in that is that, that imposter syndrome, you know, um, definitely crops up, especially when you're stepping outside of your comfort zone of who am I, who am I to do these things? I definitely have faced that as a coach, like, who am I to to help coach people, you know, like, but then I, I think about it and I think about the changes I've made in my life. And I think about the changes I've made in my clients' lives. And, and I think about, you know, well, if I'm just here to help one person and I save their life or I change their life or, you know, then isn't it worth like, isn't it worth it for that one person? And I think the same is true when you feel that imposter syndrome, like, okay, yeah, maybe you won't be the expert or I won't be the expert, but maybe you'll become the expert or maybe you'll become the expert that somebody needs to hear. Yes.
0: Yes. And I've always said that even though you might not be the expert, there are many people who are starting from zero right now that you can help along the way. Exactly. And another thing I saw on your website was actually on one of your art pages, which really resonated with me as a fellow artist and designer, which was when you were like, I don't want to put my work out there because maybe some people will judge it. They won't like it. And then your statement was, well, am I here to get approval? Or am yeah. here just to make art and put things in the world that I feel people need to see and hear? Yes. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I feel that so much. And so many people get stuck on the, like, nobody's going to like it, so I'm not yeah. going to put anything out there. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I think we do it um – with art all the time, especially as artists or creatives, um, writers, musicians. I also think sometimes we do it, you know, even when it's like, when we have that thing that we're passionate about, that we're, we're really excited about, it's almost like that's the scariest thing to share with the world. Because if somebody tells us to stop, they've told us to stop shining our light. Yes. And I think that's the most vulnerable, scary place for us to lean into. Um, and what i've learned to kind of do is okay again if i go back to that well there's people out there that want to hear what i have to say or see what see what i have to create right but also if somebody doesn't like it well then good perfect then i've discovered they're not my person like i'm totally jazzed about that but i've had to flip that mentally so that Anytime I have somebody who doesn't like something that I do, um, yes, I go through my initial like, <gasps> right? My initial yeah. like pure terror yeah. of, oh God, it happened. It happened. There it is. And then I go immediately, I go, okay, mentally, what can I do? Mentally, I can go, oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. I am so joyful that you don't like what I do or that you don't like what I said or that you don't, you know, you you are a naysayer. Like, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm so excited. You're not my person. I'm so happy to know that. All the blessings, love, and light your way, and off we go. But yeah. I've, you know, that's the. I think what that that would go into the kind of like that's the mental work is choosing ahead of time how you're going to celebrate the naysayers because right. if you put yourself out there, they're gonna happen. It's not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when. But when you know ahead of time how you're going to choose to respond, um, it can be much more powerful.
0: Yes, yeah, definitely. And someone reminded me because I was talking about how I used to not want to be on video calls because of that judgment, you know, people are going to see, you know, maybe some of my apartment, they're going to see the dirty laundry, they might see my hair's messed up, whatever. Whatever. And she reminded me that even at your most perfect, someone still might not connect with you. Absolutely. Because we're all different and we all have certain tribes of people that we, you know, gravitate towards. Yeah. So I've been trying really hard to, to hold on to that thought when the naysayers and the negative people come along. It's like, yeah. well, I, I appreciate that you don't appreciate my work. But, right. you know there's pl- there's millions and millions and millions and billions of artists, so yes and and creative people, so there's other songs, dances, writing, poems, all kinds know. of things exactly so i I try not to take it personal anymore, yeah, right. yeah, and oftentimes I think we have to think about, are
1: we creating for others or are we creating for ourselves?
0: Yes, yeah, and exactly. sometimes.
1: I have to ground myself in, okay, if nobody likes this piece, do they have to? Or was it really for me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and this is my my sassy ego coming out. And they just by the grace of me allowing them to see it, get to see it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love my sassy ego. Sometimes she comes out and she's like, they are blessed because they get to see the work that is in yeah. my soul. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love that confidence. Like, who cares, you know? <laughs> right, right. If it's for you and you celebrate and it brings you the most amount of joy, I mean, I think that that's the thing to celebrate. And that's the reason to keep doing it. And that's also the reason to keep showing it because somebody's going to love it as much as you do. There's no doubt in my heart or my mind, somebody yes. out there will love it as much as you do. Yes, Yes. So keep
0: creating everybody. So so keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. Uh, I feel intention is a very powerful thing. Uh, It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, because if you think you're going to have a bad day, if if you think you're going to spill your coffee or et cetera, et cetera, those things usually tend to happen. Mm -hmm. But when your intention is to have a great day and when things Like bad things happen to you, learn from them or see the lessons or shift your mindset a little bit. You tend to have a better day. Yeah. So what are some tips you can give us about setting intentions? And some people have a a word of the year. And Mm -hmm. I actually just started doing this two years ago. What year is it now? Yeah. (laughs) Where are we? (laughs) Yeah, where are we? Um... My word for this year was actually momentum. I love it. That's yeah, perfect. Um, so, so yeah. Tell us a little bit about
1: your thoughts on intentions. And- yeah, I love intentions. So I'm so glad that you asked this question because I think intentions are a powerful tool for navigation in our life. Um, I do do the the the. Uh, word a year. So my my word for this year was the allow. Lao. Um, my word for last year was amplify. And boy, was I handed some really intense lessons um, last year. So it amplified for sure, for sure. So I also am, am very mindful of sometimes I choose my word and sometimes my word chooses me. Yes. And I've learned to honor the process of intention because there is so much to, to receive from intentions. But I also find that when we use intentions, yes, you can use them for like, you know, the word of the year, but you can also use them for when you're going into an activity, what is your intention in that activity and so sometimes i'll also choose a word like moving and, and organizing all the house you know th- the word for us moving into this new home is cultivate you know we're okay. cultivating this home we're cultivating we're learning how to cultivate how to be particular what is what is it that i'm ready to learn about cultivation as we are creating for me it's a connection of we're cultivating our home us me and my husband together we were just we got married last year and so this is like, our land is really like our home. And so I had a powerful teaching um, a, a few years back that I have taken with me. And I will give this to you and all of your listeners, because it's something that I really love. And it's ideal purpose and activity. And ideal is, okay, so it's the highest image you have of uh, an idea or a dream or a destination or, or kind of what it would look like, right? So if I'm to apply it and the crazy, crazy thing about ideal purpose and activity, it can apply to everything from moving your house to cooking dinner to, uh, you know, the entire year to your new, like everything big and small. And so I'll apply it to the move since I'm kind of talking about that to like give the example. So ideal is like, okay, so we want this move to go smoothly. And we also want it to help bring Mike and I closer. And we're really cultivating like our new home. So it's just really all about this feeling of embodying that cultivation of home and connection, connection between me and my husband to the point that like yesterday, my husband also stopped and was like, I feel like we're getting a little off balance. I feel like we're getting a little disconnected. We're a little Stress. So let's check back in, right? So inviting people to be a part of it is also really powerful. When you create that level of ideal, it's like you're creating that dream island, right? This is the dream island of how I would like it to look. And then purpose for me is really about who am I becoming in the process? What am I learning? And 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 it's really an active choice to say, well, through this process, I want to learn um, what cultivating and curating is really all about. Like, you know, going through every single piece of my artwork from like high school and middle school up until now, going through all of my stuff and like really saying, do I need to keep this? Does this spark joy for me? A little Marie Kondo for you there. and. Cultivating—it's so. If you hear it, that's the—the purpose is all about cultivating. How am I learning about myself in cultivation? How am I learning about the experience of cultivation? And then the activity is doing it with with an, like with mindfulness, right? The activity is yes. It is to go through my entire house, but it's to be mindful every step of the way and to really think and to feel into. And as I'm doing that, I'm actually learning and creating. So the whole intention, the ideal purpose and activity is the intention that I'm setting for what it is that I'm about to do. Instead of oh, I'm just going through everything in my house and we're just getting rid of anything. And you know, if I'm stressed, then I'm stressed. And if I'm not, then I'm not. It's really taking all that like ownership of all that and saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to create the reality and cultivate the feeling and and the experience that I want to have. And I'm going to have an intention, an anchor to come back to when life happens and I inevitably get stressed and I inevitably become overwhelmed because that will happen. Where do I come back to? How do I come? If I don't know where I'm supposed to come back to or how I'm supposed to come back to something... If I don't have that intention, that anchor, then I, I'm, I'm just off in the sea floating in the abyss of you know crazy emotions. So that's my really long answer for this question, but I love it so much. I literally do it in everything that I do. And it seems a little crazy to think that, but I kid you not, even when I sit down to cook a meal, I can tell the difference in my food when I do it with my ideal purpose and activity and when I just do it just to get it done and over with and eat it. And then I'm done and I'm like, well, now I'm, my soul is
0: hungry. <laughs> like, <laughs> something missing. This feels hollow. <laughs> yes. Wow. That that was so much more than I, than I was expecting. So thank you yes. so much yeah. for that. Um, because like you say, you can apply it to anything, right? Yeah. And And put that intention into everything that you do and not just, A career goal or a personal goal, but in anything, everything. Yes. Oh, I'm mind blown a little bit right now, in a good way. Yeah. Yay!
1: Good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I think people, uh, I think I'm crazy when I tell them that I apply this to literally everything. But I've done it and practiced it for so long that it's now second nature. Like I used to have to like really consciously, right? What is my intention?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I feel that also would help you determine, like, does this not align with what I need to be doing, right? Yes. Because if the intention and the purpose aren't there. Exactly. Then you can eliminate the activity of doing it, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't align, it's really easy to be like, oh, I don't need to do that. Cool, done. Instead of getting caught in your mind and having that monkey chatter mind, you know, vomit of like,
0: I have to get this done. Yeah, I have to do this, even though I hate it. I have to do it, but then it's like, why am I doing it? Yeah, I need to do it.
1: And if I do really need to do it, aka pay my taxes, and I hate going through accounting, (laughs) right? How can I create an intention around? doing my taxes, right? Maybe it's, I want to create, I want to have a joyful experience. You know, my ideal is to have this joyful experience. And my purpose is to to see if I can learn, you know, teach myself how to have joy in something I don't, right? And the activity is doing taxes. So then it becomes, okay, well, I, I love Nina Simone. So let me put on some Nina Simone and let me, you know, do my taxes for 30 minutes and then go dance and then go do, do my taxes for 30 more minutes and then go dance. You know, like how can I weave into these experiences and actually create something that's much more magnificent, but it's through the intention. That's the only
0: way that you can. Yeah. You, you also just made me really excited to do my taxes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I also want to say like and I hope this isn't uh, too, I'm not talking too much but intention can also go the other way is if you're if you're not mindful about it and you observe yourself being um, repeating over and over and over in your head this is going to be terrible everyone's going to hate me I had a really good friend of mine and bless her heart she applied for this job that she really wanted but she strongly believed she was not going to get it so much so that the intention itself created this like energy force field of her not having confidence in herself. So when she went to go do the interview, she took that with her. Whether she was capable of doing it was irrelevant when she showed up and and had that kind of feeling of, I'm not going to get this. It's It, it does become a self-fulfilling prophecy very quickly. So when we are clearer consciously about our intention, we can kind of shape where we want to go. And that's why I call it an anchor because it's like, okay, this is, it's like, it's like your compass, you know, it's like helping you direct you where if it's, you're just directed by your old insecurities or your, 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 your lack of self-worth, then you'll, you'll manifest that. You'll create that.
0: Yes. Yes. And I have had that same experience of like, I'm not going to get this job because yes. of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, insert yes. all of the things we struggle with. And it. then when they ask those questions, that's all you can think of yeah. you know, during the interview. And so you're nervous and you stumble and you don't bring up the awesome things that you've done. Yeah. You're like, these don't apply. Oh, I feel that. <laughs>
1: yes. No, same. I've done the same. And yeah. then you get at the end and you're like, oh, I could have said this. And I am really good at this. And God. And then you use it to beat yourself up. And you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why did I do yeah. such a bad job at in that interview? Yeah.
0: Yeah. ugh, yeah. Such a cycle. Yeah. Such a negative cycle. So you are a fellow artist. Yes. Uh, do you find the people who resonate with their creative side more are harder on themselves and why do you think that is um so I would have to say yes and no and this is a little
1: tricky because I think I've as I've worked with a lot of different people we are all really hard on ourselves for in very different ways for very different reasons but there's something that I do find with creatives that I do find slightly different um And that is oftentimes creatives tend to be more empathic. They tend Mm. to feel and experience more of their emotion and more of the emotion around them. And the good of that is to be an empath allows you to have empathy. It allows you to tap into this really powerful energy of emotion. Um, And the energy of emotion is meant to be felt, And to allow to move through us. That's why it's called emotion, energy in motion. But what happens sometimes is I think as creatives, we take ownership of the emotion as like it is us or other people's energies becomes our own without us realizing that like, oh, my husband's really upset. And so now I'm upset, but is it really me upset or is it really just me taking on the energy of somebody else being upset? Um, And so I think as we, as creatives, we can be a little bit harder on ourselves because we allow ourselves to feel that energy, but our our culture doesn't, it, it doesn't celebrate emotional people. Yes, yeah, you're, exactly.
0: if you're emotional, you're weak. Yes, if you cry, you're weak. Yes, especially if you're a man and you
1: cry. Especially if you're a man. Yes. Yes. Or you're you're as a woman, you're accused of being just oh, you're just emotional, emotional. or you know that time of the month, that kind of crazy emotional person. <laughs> exactly. But there's something so powerful about our emotions allow us to have connection not only with ourselves but with others, and. I think the education really that needs to happen, the the intelligence around emotion that needs to happen is the ability to be present and hold space for them without them becoming our identity. And so oftentimes I will encourage people to say, instead of like, I am angry. Well, you are not the essence of anger. So no, you are not anger right? Right. But you are feeling anger. You are feeling this energy, this thing moving through you. You can acknowledge the movement of, it's kind of like I joke joke with people, you don't freak out when you go outside and the wind is blowing. You're not like, oh, wind, stop blowing. (laughs) Get away from me. But yeah, that's the same thing we do with emotions and it's kind kind of the same. It's like if you were to imagine anger is just a really, really, really strong breeze, like, or, or, or like a, 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 a 70 mile per hour wind, yes, you may kind of move away from it, but you're not gonna like it, it's not gonna destroy you if it, if it, if it blows against you. Right. Um, okay, maybe seven, 70 mile per hour wind. I'm thinking tornado there. That, that might blow you, but you, you get kind of what I mean is like, oh, I can just allow it to rustle my hair and move through me and then we're done. Yeah. None. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I think that's the biggest thing for creatives is it's like they can be more hard on themselves because their their emotional experience is more amplified than than most. Um, and and but there are also people that aren't necessarily they don't consider themselves creative. I consider everyone creative yes, or 100%. an artist of some kind. Yeah. But there are people that don't consider themselves that, that also kind of swim in that emotional experience without knowing quite how to ground it or how to process it. Um, and so they can be equally hard on themselves as well. So I think it, that's, why, that's why I get a little bit of yes and no, um, yeah. because I've also watched very analytical people be very hard on themselves. They just do it in a very analytical way. Yeah. That is blows my mind sometimes. My husband does it and I just watch it and I'm like, wow. All of that goes through your head.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I struggled with um, being a creative because it's my second career. So I sort of like hid my creativity for a while and yeah. then, and then studied design and then really creativity is everything now for me. Yeah. And what I struggle and I still often struggle with it is that what I create is not, me like oh. you said I am like I am angry yeah like I am creative yeah. but creativity and my creative expression is is a part of what I put out it's not part of me yeah. so so when people criticize my work when yes. I first started putting out I felt oh they're criticizing me yes Right. But, but they're not, they're, they're not, they're criticizing an expression that I put out. Yes. Right. Which is totally
1: different. It's totally different. And it's really powerful to have that. I also went through that. Even like, (laughs) I think you get that also in art school. It's like, you know, initiation by fire in any classroom that you put artwork out and then they pull it to shred, you know, like critique it to shreds. Yeah. You, you really get that initiation in who I am is not dependent on the things I produce, the things I create, the things that I express. <laughs> Who I am is a separate thing from those and not entirely defined because like, you're a spirit in a body, right? You're, you're this thing that is all of the things you do. And none of the things you like, if you want to get all Zen Buddhist here, like you are all (laughs) and none, I will be Yoda. (laughs) So I love that you shared that because I think that that's such a powerful number one reminder for for everyone um, and for creatives. But also that's the work, like that's the hard work we constantly have to step into of who am I beyond the things I do, the things I right. create, the things that are my title, you know, like, right. Yeah. I am. And, That's
0: it. Yeah. And one day I hope we don't uh, have to ask like traditionally now when you meet someone new, yeah, like, what do you, what do you do? Like, what's yeah. your job? And then we make all of these assumptions about, about them, about them based on their job. Yes. But they might hate their job. They might not be in the job they want. Yes. You know? So I'm even trying not to ask that question when I meet new people now. Yep. It's Mm -hmm. more like, you know, what would the job you love to do be? You know? Yeah. Or, you love to just not, I try not to ask that at all anymore because. I've had people ask me that and then make assumptions about me. I'm like, but wait a minute. (laughs) I'm so much more. I'm so much more. And that's not who I am. That's just what I do. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a fun, speaking of questions that I like
1: to ask strangers. (laughs) uh, One of my most favorite questions to ask strangers actually is, what is the most ordinary thing about you? Oh, because it really challenges people to, we're always ready to answer that. Like, what's the thing you love the most? Or, you know, can we have those go-to questions? But when someone asks you, what's the most ordinary thing about you? And I'm like, well, my curly hair. And then someone will be like, oh, I love curly hair. It's so beautiful. And da, 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 da. And oh, do you follow the curly girl method? Like I follow the curly girl method. And then all of a sudden, the most ordinary thing about you actually becomes the thing that connects you with everyone and makes you the most um, accessible. Right. Because you can just connect with that person. I even asked. I tried I, for fun. I tried, and I asked a stranger in on the airplane. The guy that was sitting next to me. I was like, "What's the most ordinary thing about you?" And then he was like, "Well, I'm a I'm a Browns fan. I think that's the most ordinary thing about me." And then we just started talking about sports, and then we ended up talking about his travel experience, and then like we just like had this huge like we just connected on all of these things, and it was so funny because he ended up sending me an email later of like all these places he'd traveled that we talked about, and it was like within an hour we became really close friends but only because i asked that very simple question you know what i mean like i yeah. just opened the dialogue to say what who 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 are you what's this ordinary thing you like about yourself cool let's chat
0: about that yeah wow i love that too <laughs> getting all sorts of good tips today so with everything happening yes um which truly changes daily um, right now. what? Where do you find inspiration and motivation? Ooh, so I
1: think that the biggest place I, I just try and come home to, and this is going to sound really funny, but I try and come home to my body. And I say that because <laughs> we spend so much of our time in our heads and in our minds. And sometimes I come to my body through meditation. Sometimes I come to my body through dancing. Sometimes I come to my body through walking, but, um, And this also is really inspired There's a, there's an author that I love and a work that I love, and his name is Philip Shepard. And he talks, he has a book called Radical Wholeness, but it's about this idea that we have this, you know, we have a gut brain and we have a heart brain, and these are actually like things we have, but we cut ourselves off from them because we only feel like the head is what matters. And you see this also in our culture, like the head of state, the head CEO, you know, the upper part of... Of, you know the penthouse is the most important, rather than being closer to the ground or being in an embodied state. You know, closer to our, you know, our, our gut brain. You know, it's 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 in so many ways in our culture. So I I really try and come home to my body and and feel what I need to feel. And oftentimes I move from a place of feeling rather than and when I get caught in my head because I 100% do, right. <laughs> I try and say, What do I feel and how does it need to be expressed through me? Um, and sometimes that comes in dance in movement, sometimes that comes out in art, and I allow myself to be really fluid with that um, and allow myself to just like invite that creativity of what does this need to look like okay. from my from my it's like, I want it to feel exciting and, and rejuvenating, and I lean into like that feeling of yes in the body when we really understand what yes feels like in the body, that opening that expansion, that excitement sometimes a little terrifying. I call it terraciting, right it's like oh, okay, we're going to do this oh, you know that feeling um, that's a yes, but everybody experiences that yes differently, so I always encourage everyone. If, the more that you can come home into your body, the more you can lead from an embodied state. And then you're more, that it creates a connection. It creates a connection with yourself. It it creates a connection with, you know, uh, your your energy centers. Like there's, you know, if you go into like you know, Chinese and the Dantian point and like all the things that are involved in coming home to the body is really this ability to connect within. But the moment you connect within is also your ability to connect with the world. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we can come home to the body and lead from that, that's where my inspiration for what I say, what I create, how I share, what needs to be set. Like Oftentimes when I'm speaking, even now, it's like, what are the words that need to come out of my mouth? I'm feeling the words as they move through me rather than trying to think my way through to the answer. And you'll find I often will jump between the two. It's not like I cut my head off now and only <laughs> listen to my body either. But- it's really like it's it's a it's a practice of coming home to the body that allows me to lead into my inspiration.
0: Yeah, I love that it's internal for you because so many people look to external yeah. inspiration and motivation. Um and the truth is it's it's all within us, right? It is. It, you know, and the the biggest thing I've learned in the last year is that I kept waiting for all of these signs of like, you need to be doing this now or you need yeah. to be doing that. And really I knew all along, I just yes. start doing it. Right. It was already in you. You already had the answer. It was like exactly. living in your body. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just had
1: to listen. <laughs> Which, and that's the beauty of it. And, and a lot of times, like I, I do talk about, there are things you can do on the outside, right? You can go for a walk, you can do a dance, you can do some of these things, but a lot of times what I'll actually do is I'll come into my body and say, okay, what one feels right to my body? Right. Yeah. And then I go do that one thing. And that's why I said, you know, I, I love meditation, but I'm I'm not necessarily an avid meditator every day in the traditional sense of meditation. But my meditation does happen. It just happens in the way that feels the most aligned with like the embodied feeling of it. So. I think we have so many answers, just like you said, that live within us. We just have to get really good at listening.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's hard. <laughs> it is so hard. It is hard. practice, for yes. sure. So hard. And there's days you're like, nope, that's, you're, nope. you're lying to me. That's not, yep. not <laughs> for sure. what I should be doing.
1: Nope. No. And there's some days where you're just like, nope, I'm going to do it my old way for the next 24 hours. I'm going to give up. And yeah. then I come back to it. There have actually been times, I kid you not, where I'm like, I quit my job for the weekend. <laughs> Just because I needed a break. Yeah. And then I came back to Monday and I was like, okay, I'll start my job again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I also like to end on a positive note. Yeah. So is there anything that you've seen as a result of everything that's happening that is positive that you hope keeps happening? when we're and I'm not saying when things are the new normal I say when we're allowed to hug again yes when we're allowed to hug again um
1: I have seen a lot of people asking better questions and I really hope that continues to happen because you know they say a lot of times it isn't it isn't that you're asking questions it's that you're not asking the right questions yes and we get stuck so often and i think it applies to everything that's happening um we have not been asking the right questions and i think we've started to ask different questions because we've been forced to thankfully yes and also what was was not working yes and I really do think that 2020, I've seen a lot of the really funny, like, here are my plans for 2020 and here's how, <laughs> you know, it's turned out or like, you know, whatever they, they hate 2020. <laughs> and it's really funny to me because 2020 is nothing like my year last year, 2019. Um, and that my word for last year was amplify. So this year it's allow. And I'm just like, okay, we're allowing. Cool, cool, cool. Like, I'm good. But I, I think what I've felt into is... Um, This year, I think for collectively for the world has been an amplification. It's been an amplification amplification of the good and the things that aren't working and how we can shift and what can happen and really what can happen when we come together and also what has been happening since we've been so disconnected Um, because I think we've been disconnected for a lot longer than we realized. I think we've been disconnected from ourselves. I think we've been disconnected from our families, our community, um, and Community challenges that have come up with health and with race and with authenticity and with all of these things, and so I see this year as one of the best blessings that we have ever collectively been given, if we choose to say, "Why is this happening for us?" Yes. So I love that's, that. I hope we ask, continue to ask these these really challenging, beautiful questions because new questions are going to get us to better answers. And that's really where we need to be.
0: Yes, definitely. So thank you for asking me that. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for that amazing response. Thank you so much. Uh, And so just before we say our farewells, if someone wants to reach out to you after the show, where's the best place to contact you? Yeah.
1: So um, I have, of course, my website. It's codylee.com. And that's C-O-D-I-E-L-E-A. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram, uh, Lee, <laughs> And um, on Facebook at, at cody Lee. Um And you can also email me. It's cody at codylee.com. Those are kind of all my ways to be reached in the world of social
0: media. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show Thank today. you.
1: Oh my goodness. It's been yeah. an honor and a blessing. I've been so much enjoyed today.
0: Yes. It's been a pleasure and I will be definitely keeping in touch with you. So thank you yes, so much. please. please. Wow, what an amazing conversation with Cody. That's it for episode seven. Thank you so much for being here. It means the world that you're listening and joining on this podcast adventure. If you'd like to follow along on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook, you can find me at Creative Conflab. I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you get to be creative. I hope you stay well and be kind.